Hey everybody, I hope your day is going well. Many of you know that I love to read, I love learning, and um, anything that has to do with uh, something that is Bitachon related, anything that has Roy David Ashir's name on it is definitely something that I'm interested in looking at. I've been following his emails for a long time and enjoy his farm as well. So I wanted to do a quick review on um, my reading of Roy David Ashir on Shidduchim. I thought it was very, very important topics and many, many classic things that were uh, covered there. And many beautiful things. One of the main things that I always appreciate about his stories about Shaduchim and, and other things in Bitochen as well is that not every story is a miracle, meaning that not every story has the fairy tale ending that we're looking for, but every story has a beautiful lesson of personal strength and um, how Bitochen changed a person's life. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they always get married right away or everything works out the exact perfect rose garden way. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate his focus on the struggle because I think that's a large part of connecting with the Rebbe Shalom as well in this process. Um, so I wanted to go over what I felt were about eight uh, points that I learned from this book. And of course, I highly recommend it and I think you'll gain a lot from it. Okay, so the first thing is that he quoted from um, Rosh Shlomo Kluger in Parshas Miketz, a beautiful yesod, which is that um, when a person needs something, he needs to do a hishtadlus. And that means that even if he needs something in Ruchnius, a spiritual thing, so he could do a Ruchnius Hishtadlus in getting something. Uh, if he needs something physical or he needs something spiritual, whatever he needs, he could do a Hishtadlus. What is Hishtadlus? So normally Hishtadlus is, you know, if I need money, so I get a job and I work, etc. So here it's, let's say someone's trying to get married or someone's trying to marry off one of their children. So the, the Hishtadlus that you do, says Rosh Hashanah Kluger, is you help somebody else who's in need. And that's what he says is the Pshat um, that... that um, that's that's what that's a ruchnius hishtadlus to get something done, and Chazal say that if somebody davens for their friend and utzarach so davar, so that um, he'll be answered first. There's a lot to say about that, and I don't know the exact shot of what hunanitzchila means. There's a lot of different shots about what 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 the what the musig of utzarach so davar means, right? Many people say it's not just that. Oh, your friend, you know, your friend's trying to marry off their daughter. Your friend's looking for a shidduch, and you need that as well. So you'll be answered first. People say that the shot is that utzarach so davar means that you daven as if you need it yourself, which is a very, very deep level of davening. So then you'll be answered first. And what does the word answer mean? Does it mean that you'll get it? I don't know. We don't know what, exactly what, what Chazal mean in that because we see different stories both ways, but we know that many Yeshua's come about. But the point that, that I'm trying to bring out over here is this idea that when you um, when when you have something that you need and you help somebody else, that is a ruchnius dika hashtadlis, and you help somebody else to do that. So it's just something to think about. A very, very powerful idea. The second story um, that really, really touched me a lot was that there was a widow who was staying in the hospital, and she had a lot on her mind. Her daughter was very sick, and of course, you know, people, um, Chazal tell us that widows are, uh, and orphans are often more sensitive because they don't have um, a husband to go to to get support, they, and they have fear about death. And her daughter was very, very sick in the hospital, and she requested a private room because she was crying, and she was very, very teary, and she needed a, to be there over Shabbos, and the Beaker Cholim, a person in charge said, I understand your situation. I'm going to give you a private room. But then he had a predicament because on Arab Shabbos, a, a girl came to him and said that she had a relative that she was, that she needed to help in Shabbos and she needed a place to stay. And there wasn't any other option for her to stay anywhere. So this man called the widow and said, I'm really sorry to bother you. There's a single girl. She, she seems like a nice person. Um, usually we double up people in the room that you're in. Is there any way that she could stay with you? And, she, and the widow said, of course, you know, she needs to help somebody else. It's fine. I understand. And what ended up happening over that Shabbos was that this widow was crying and this girl saw it and she saw that she was in pain and she sat next to her and she held her hand and she supported her. And throughout that Shabbos, they got to know each other. And after Shabbos, the widow, um, well, the follow-up, the way the version of the story is that this Rav, you know, was sad that he had imposed 
um, this on the widow, knowing knowing why she needed privacy. But he got a call a few weeks later and was told, Mazel Tov, you made a shidduch. I said, what? The widow said that while I was there, this, this girl had so much compassion and love towards me that I said, I, I want her for my son. And they met and they had just gotten engaged. So when we help other people, when we think about other people, great things happen to us. And that's an amazing, amazing story. He tells over another story, number three. I told you I'm going to share eight things. Um, January 10th, 1948, there was a man named Marcel Sternberger, who was a, um, a man who was uh, from the city of, where was he from? Um, he was visiting a sick friend, and he had been living in America, and he had been separated from his wife, who I believe was Hungarian, and uh, he had been separated by her from her uh, throughout the war. He was they, they were not in the, um, you know, with the Nazi crematoria, but they had gotten they had gotten um, separated from each other, and he was trying to track down, um, you know, his wife, and he couldn't find her. And basically, long story short, this man decided that he was going to take off from work to visit a sick friend, and he did, and he happened to be on a certain. Um, train line and he happened to be sitting next to a certain guy and this guy um, saw him uh, looking at a Hungarian a newspaper and so this other Jew said to this Jew he said oh you're looking for a job maybe I can help you and he said no I'm not I'm looking for my wife I'm trying to see in the paper that's how after the war people would post names of who was alive etc and so he said well you know, what's her name and he told her um, and it ended up that this man who was on the bus uh, sorry on the train at that time he had met the wife at a at a party the night before and had been very impressed with her and wanted to try to help her find her husband and literally he was able to put the two they stopped at the next stop they made a call and they tracked her down he had written down her name and phone number etc and it's a it's a beautiful story how just again somebody turns to someone who's in pain who needs something like Chazal tell us about Yosef Atzadik when he was in jail and he saw the Sarah Hamashkim whose face you know had fallen and he asked him what's going on and he told him oh I had this dream and he interpreted it and that ended up bringing Yosef out of jail and so we have to understand that the Rebbe Shalom sometimes is sending a conduit on our to, to help us, and when we think about other people, amazing things happen. Um, and she had been, a, she had been, um, they were both Hungarian, and she was taken by the Russians uh, to bury the German dead, and they just didn't know where they were from, and he happened to be from uh, Debrin, Hungary. And the wife's name was Maria Pashkin, and Bella Pashkin. These are the husband and wife that, that were reunited. Maria was a woman, Pashkin, and Bella Pashkin was the husband, and Bila, maybe his name was. And this man, uh, Marcel Sternberg, told over the story that he happened to have taken off from work and was able to help this this couple. Okay, next, uh, the fourth thing is that um, what I wanted to say was there was a man named Yitzchak who had gone through a bad divorce and he was trying to get remarried. And he went to Rechaim Kenyatsky and Rechaim gave him a bracha that you should learn Masechus Kedushin and you'll, you'll, find, you'll be able to get married. And he couldn't find anyone to learn with him. He probably wasn't a very good learning partner and nobody wanted to learn with him. Finally, he found the man um, and this man said, yeah, I'll learn with you. And they started learning. And while they were learning, Yitzchak actually got engaged. And this man said, this Chavrusa said, you think you helped me? He said, you know what kind of bracha came out of me learning with you? My wife and I were married 11 years and now we're, now Baruch Hashem, we finally, we, ha- we were able to have a child through this learning, this Chus. So he thought that he was helping this guy but really, Hashem was helping both of them. It's a tremendous thing. The um, Sfas Emes in Shir Hashirim brings down that there's actually a medrash that says, this is point number five, that when Yosef served Paro, so he could have and worked in the jail, he could have had a negative attitude and thought to himself, woe is to me in my terrible life. But he, instead, he had an attitude that I'm here because Hashem wants me to be here, and so therefore, um, I'm going to have a positive attitude. And in that merit of his positive attitude and his Kabbalah Sisurin, therefore, he became the Viceroy of Paro. Um, and that's where Hashem br- brought him up through that. Story number six is a very fascinating ha'ara. 
and a be brilliant point about Rev Steinman's. That's all. Rev Steinman uh, was told by by uh, a Talmud of his asked him and said, "Rebbe, I really want to build the yeshiva." So, Rev Steinman's, what's what's your what's your advice? Should I do it or not? Steinman said, "No, you shouldn't do it." Then he came back a few weeks later and he said, "We need to build this yeshiva. There are students I can't learn." So Rev Steinman said, "Do it." So he said, "I don't understand. I asked you before. Now what changed?" So he said, "No. Until now, you came to me and you said you want to do it." I don't know. Is that the right thing? Is it the wrong thing? You want? If you want, I can't help you. Uh, who knows? You well, you say you want. Maybe maybe Hashem doesn't want. I don't know. You said you need it. If you identified something that that is needed, and you have that passion that you're going to bring it out and it has to happen, of course you have siyat shmai and it'll happen. And I think that in life we have a lot of things. Yeah, oh, I want, I want, I want. There's a certain convenience. We have to turn to Hashem. I need it, and Hashem, please help me. Like Hannah turned to Hashem and said, "Rebbeinu Shalom, I need a child." Now I'm not saying that everyone gets answered when they do that. Look at many. There, we we all know many people that unfortunately still need to be answered with shidduchim, and with child, children, and saras, and other challenges in health, etc. Sometimes Hashem says no. However, lamaisa with an attitude of I need it versus do I want it, that, that changes a lot of things. Now, don't use it in the wrong way. Number seven is a rechaim palachi, a very famous one. The kavachaim brings down at the beginning that he says after a person loses something, he says, I promise you, if you're makabel ba'av that it's rutzon Hashem, I guarantee you, you get what you lost. Now, I don't know what that means exactly. But he says there are many stories of this idea. And what I say is that Yerushalayim Shalom takes away something from someone. Hashem is trying to give a wake-up call to that person. And if that person gets a lesson, then maybe there's Zoha to have that thing. For example, if somebody loses wealth or somebody loses something that, that they had, then there's a certain Kabbalah Ba'ava that Hashem, you know what you're doing. And in that Tzachus, in that merit, then a person will get back what he what he lost. The, the last one is a, a story that I want to share, which I find very insightful. Um, I've heard it in different versions, but basically, I, I do want to say it, even though it's not in the style of the rest of the book. But and, and I'm not sure if he tried to end, you know, the last couple chapters with this as well. I don't think it was done on purpose, but I think it's a joke. But it's a very, very good point about shidduchim uh, and shalom bias. More, more shalom bias. So basically, there was a guy who said, "I'm sick of my wife. I, I have to get, I have to get divorced." So the divorce lawyer said, "All right, tell me about it." He said, "Well, she just doesn't treat me well, and we don't get along." Blah blah blah. So he said, "I want to just spite her and give her, give her a get." So this divorce lawyer was a from Jew and saw that maybe there was something workable. So he had an idea. He said, if you just divorce her now, you'll both be happy because you both are upset. And he said, why don't you go home for the next two months, treat her nicely. And in those two months, I'll prepare the, all the documents for filing and creating a divorce. And then call me in two months. And, um, and then you'll just, after treating her so nicely for those two months, then all of a sudden you'll pull this out. She'll be upset and devastated. So two weeks, two months went by and the divorce lawyer never heard from the guy. So he called him up just to follow up. Maybe he lost my number. And so he says, hi. He says, who are you? So the divorce lawyer says, remember, you called me to divorce your wife. Are you ready? He said, divorce her. Why would I divorce her? She's a wonderful person. So th there's 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 another version of the story that another friend of mine told me where basically this person went to a rub and the rub said, you should promise tzedakah and, um, and not pay it. And in that, um, and by not paying it, it says, because I'll say that a person's wife will pass away, Rahman Litzlan, um, for, you know, Bavu Nidarim. Um, now, really, the truth is there are other chazals that it's children as well. So I don't really know if this story actually happened. But basically, so this guy made this shavuah that he would give $100,000 to certain to this Roshiva's organization. So then after he went home and he was like, well, I know she's dying now anyway. Might as well be nice to her. And anyway, after a few weeks, he started liking her. So he came to the Roshiva and he said, well, what do I do? He said, you better quick. You better pay off a chov. And like this, you know, nothing bad will happen to her. So again, I think these things you have to take them with a grain of salt. But the bottom line is that as a marriage therapist and someone that works with couples, the bottom line is that if you accept and love someone, as long as you're both mutually respectable, healthy, decent people who are, you know, 
respectful, um, accountable to someone that you could go to if you both need someone, someone that you both trust, um, and reasonable people, you'll be very, very matzliach. So anyway, take a look at the safer, especially if you're in Shaduchim or trying to marry off a child, and I think you'll gain a lot from it. Have a great day.